0: This is Action
1: Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Now what the heck are we supposed to do? Huh.
0: Draft is over. Yep. Now we talk about how good or how bad it was. Even though these guys haven't gotten the field yet. Yes. The grades.
1: Yep. Without even stepping on a football field. So we get to uh, do that. And then upcoming... Preseason games sometimes leak out. May 12th, I think, is the date for the schedule mm-hmm. to come out, right? So there's a little bit more excitement still to be had here in uh, Jacksonville and around the NFL. And then, uh, you know, obviously you got to get got to get to work for this group, this new nine. I heard Stuart Weber say I kind of liked it. I might steal that. What is and, it? And uh, The new nine. Nine draft picks. The new nine. All right. And see what else the uh, Jaguars do to to build this roster, and it doesn't sound like they're done with tight end. I even think that's on top of uh, obviously the Tebow talk. Mm-hmm. So what else could they do? Will they do make a trade, or just uh, build an offense that doesn't really include a pass catching tight end, yeah. uh, because that is something that they uh, they m- might have to do. Overall, we talked Friday. Uh, that uh, Tyson Campbell could be the guy ends up being the guy. Yeah. Vegas uh, had it right. Vegas did have it right. Uh, still, uh, it it like people didn't like this. We begged the question. Like I put on social media that night. Like that's I mean they're not big on C.J. Henderson. Is there something going? Yeah, that seemed like forever ago now. That conversation from Friday night <laughs> and from Friday afternoon. Yeah, but uh, I. There's just few teams that are invested in the cornerback position, like the Jacksonville Jaguars are now invested in the quarterback position. So you use that for whatever interpretation that you want, but you're talking now a ninth overall pick a year ago, a 33rd overall pick Friday, and $40 million plus for Shaquille Griffin. That's fine. If you think that's normal or if you think that's just, hey, that's the way the game's going, that's cool. Like, that's Mm -hmm. okay to think that way. Maybe that is. Maybe that's a Jags just saying, hey, we're going to put a lot of emphasis on it. Mm -hmm. But if you also don't think that raises some eyebrows to be invested that much in that position on a football team that has some holes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. I mean, they actually have more corners than they do pass rushers Mm -hmm. that you feel good about then. Correct. Right. If everybody's healthy, if everybody lines up, you're like, well, we're deeper at corner than we are at pass rusher. Mm-hmm. That's not that normal in the NFL, like to, to want that, I don't think. So, um, again, take it. You can read it a bunch of different ways. The, the Jags came out and said Trent uh Urban Meyer said, hey, yeah, healthy, ready to go. As long as he I think Bulky's as long as he's healthy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then C.J. Henderson will be ready to go. The Jags think they add a bunch of depth. They need more of that. Urban even hinted at the um, injuries history and said, okay, you can't be left in the dust at, with nothing at corner. Uh, that's one heck of an insurance policy and, and kind of admitted that it might be a bit of an insurance policy. We'll see who moves inside potentially, who's outside, where they play, and that's what's on the roster now. But I just did it – was, it was a wild night on social media and mm-hmm. – because people are like, I can't believe you would say potentially this raises questions about it. I, mean, I just don't know how your brain doesn't go there. Uh, and a lot of folks, Austin, said, well, you need two. Well, I know you need two. Yeah. They signed a guy for $40 million yeah. in free agency. They got two. Yeah, no. But do you, you need three? Yeah, you know what? You do need three these days a lot of times. But do you need this kind of investment in three? Well, that's debatable.
0: Well, you definitely need three. Okay, and we can go ahead and say, it's like the Miami Dolphins did last year. Yeah, and that's the closest thing I can come to, right? Does somebody mind telling me how the Miami Dolphins finished in pass defense last year on on team defense? They finished eighth worst, by the way, in case you didn't know. Was it that bad? They were horrible last year in terms of of pass defense. That surprised me. I didn't think it would be that bad. So there you go. Now, once again, injuries were a thing. I get that. But at the end of the day, uh, a team that invested so much in shutting the pass game down didn't do that last year. Now, their defense overall as a whole... Was pretty good, yeah, but not shutting down the pass. So when you bring in a guy like Tyson Campbell, now how do I feel about it? Once again, we don't know what's going to happen with C J Henderson. We don't know if the if there's the injuries, and we don't know if the you know mental whatever the case may be. We're not sure where C J Henderson is at right now, and we're not sure if he's going to be out there week one. I think he's going to be. I haven't heard anything to tell me that he's not going to be out there, but time will tell. But if we're talking about taking that luxury pick at number thirty three, round two, okay. But then it begs the question, well, what is the plan? Like, I, I hope there is a plan in place because I can sit here and say, okay, well, I get it. We're going to move either C.J. Henderson or you're going to have Tyson Campbell. I assume Shaq Griffin's still playing the outside, but you have one of those guys play the slot corner. Okay, that's fine. They didn't pay so someone $40 we, million to play the slot corner, did they? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'd hope not. I'd hope not. But what you have to remember is the slot corner position and the regular corner position are two completely different things. And they're a different skill set. They're a different type of footwork. Everything about those positions are different. So I guess I like the confidence, but who's to say Tyson Campbell or CJ Henderson fit into a slot corner position? How do we know that? Like I remember when the Green Bay Packers drafted Casey Hayward a couple of years ago. Um, this, it's probably like five or six years ago now. Drafted Casey Hayward out at Vanderbilt. Slot corner guy. Like what was all the draft experts? One of the best slot corner guys in the league goes to Green Bay. Ugh. Not that good. What happens? Goes to Los Angeles, and now is one of the best corners in the league. Cover corners, not a yeah, slot corner, guys. because he's playing out of position. So there is a difference there. Well, I'll give you another one. Aaron Colvin was sure.
1: brilliant here for the Jags, went to Houston, tried to be an outside guy, yeah. couldn't make it. I not mean, you hardly
0: know he's in the league anymore. Yeah, not going to happen. So there is a difference between the slot corner position and just that outside guy. I just hope there's a plan in place Of What they plan on doing and I hope one of these guys whether it is Tyson Campbell or CJ Henderson can play that spot because to bring in Tyson Campbell and let's assume right now that CJ Henderson is going to be a starter to bring in you know Tyson Campbell and say okay someone's got to play the slot that's fine but if you want to talk about value and and you want to talk about the long-term goal you can't have one of those guys sitting on the bench you you can't have CJ Henderson riding the bench you can't have Tyson Campbell riding the bench. If you take a guy in the second round, he's got to start, especially on a defense last year that won one game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And so it'll be really interesting to play it out. And and maybe, by the way, this depth and this build on the secondary a little bit will pay off because there's depth. Like It it really could help. Uh, You can never have enough depth. I understand injuries and all of that. It's just... Uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't even say it's peculiar. I just think it's interesting. Like there's reason to raise a curiosity about it. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I just couldn't believe the reaction on social media. It was like, how dare you say, wow, what does this mean for? Right? I mean, it's no different than asking, Hey, Walker little, what does that mean for Cam Robinson? Hmm. You just got signed a franchise tag. Well, they just picked the guy. You know, in the but, second
0: round at tackle. See, but it's a little different though with him because he's coming off an injury. Like well, that's I think true. the I think the that's goal fair. for for, yeah. for Walker Little is they're going to ease him ease into him it. Into now it, he, yeah. he might earn a starting spot down the line because everyone says when he was playing he was good. But this is a guy that hasn't played football in two years, so I think they're going to be a little more lenient on him. Let's go Cliff Notes version of this. Uh, Walker Little, do you like that pick? Uh, now you talk about
1: value there. I could see there be a ton of upside and value. It just 45th overall, is that the time you try to take that or not? Uh, listen, fans around here don't love the offensive line. If you do project a little down the road the offensive line, we've said this uh, multiple times over the last couple weeks, couple months, that you can project that some of these guys might not be here even as soon as next year. So uh, not immediate impact, which you're not usually a fan of, especially on a 1-15 team, Absolutely. but you can see the logic in Walker Little, that might pay off dividends for this franchise for the next uh, few
0: years. See, it's funny, because I feel like the first maybe three picks had Urban Meyer written all over him. Yeah. And then and like, they did, by the way, because yeah. he had college experience knowing some of those guys. And then yes. the next two picks, it seemed like they had Trent Baalke written all over him. The Walker Little pick, I, I mean, you know how I feel about it, man. We, we've echoed this for Shocker Mock for so long. When you take a guy in the second round, I expect him to come in and play right away. Now, I understand that there is value there because he's coming off of the, the knee injury, didn't really play last year. Okay. So he, he didn't play. He's got it. He's probably going to be a little rusty, but if he's hundred percent like he was in college, then yeah, you probably got a guy that's going to replace Cam Robinson or maybe place John Taylor because he has played both sides. Fantastic. But my question is, okay. So you got him. Was tight end really that big of a deal to you though? Because you told me that it was. And I'm taking you at your word for it. So maybe it wasn't that big of a deal because, once again, obviously, Friar Muth was there and things like that. And I I know people are going to tell me, well, the tight end's not the biggest, you know, it's not that big of a deal in terms of the overall grand scheme of things. And maybe not. But how are we feeling right now with Tim Tebow, Luke Farrell, and the guy out of Carolina? Uh, Not good. Okay. So like to me, the whole point of the draft is to to fill those holes and to say, okay, you know what, we feel a lot better than when we went in the draft. In my opinion, I might feel a little worse than when we went in the draft in terms of tight end position, and that shouldn't be the goal of the NFL draft. So do I feel better at offensive tackle? Sure. Walker Little is probably going to come in and, and be a dominant force when he gets healthy, when he knocks that rust off. But at pick 45, could you really afford that? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I, that's a good call. Uh, Frymuth, did he go off? I was just double checking. I feel like he went off the board right before. Um, uh, let me just double check, make sure I get it right. But the time, what I'm thinking is there was a major drop off. Uh, let's see, Frymuth, I got him right here. Hang on. Pat Friar-Muth went fifty five. Yeah, he went me. after. He yeah. went after. Okay, so yeah, you could definitely make that case. Uh, had to get back to to our senses on Friday night, but yeah, so it it was a bit of surprise that they didn't go tight end there, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now you could see the other stuff, the sixty, the drop off, and whatever how you want to evaluate the town. I could see that, mm-hmm. but Fryer-Muth, obviously they weren't as high on Fryer-Muth as everybody else was too, you know. And that mm-hmm. if you really look at what well, we talked about going into this draft, and I think it was Pelicero, and I think he had one of the best comments or, or nuggets of information going into the draft that I can remember of anybody else. He said there are a lot of teams that have first round draft gays, grades on like 14 to 16 guys. And after that, watch out. It could be the wild, wild west because how people view like pick number 17 through, through the third round could be really different. And I think that's how it kind of played out. Like, there were guys that we had all seen in mock drafts, and the group think had had kind of said that. Remember, Sean Conn even told me on Wednesday, said, hey, might be some surprises here. Mm -hmm. I think ETN even fit that bill in the the first round, you Mm -hmm. know? So – some of this, you got to get past the group think of, hey, every mock draft had Fryermuth going by number 45 to the Jaguars, which all of ours did in Shock Your Mock. So we were kind of trained that way. Obviously, not on the board for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They thought there was a ton of value in the Walker little pick. I don't mind the Walker little pick. I I can see the uh, logic in it, I see the sense in it. And if you go big fella, it's never a bad thing, in my opinion, in the draft, even early. I, I get, I'm kind of like you. I want impact right away. And even Urban Myers said he expects the first three, four, five picks to have impact. I'm not sure you see that in Walker Little. Now he could and he could be a swing well, guy and he's gonna push people, but yeah, pushing yeah. people for competition and actual impact are two different things. No, he's
0: I think that's what Urban Meyer alluded to with that, saying, you know, he's gonna be, you know, the the quote unquote motivator for these guys in training camp. At the same time, does Cam Robinson need any more motivation?
1: Probably not. We're, He's got. We're uh, talking. We're talking to maybe a eighty five hundred million dollar deal out there if he plays yeah.
0: well. We're, we're talking about a grown man who's been in this business for a while who realizes, like, listen, this is your last chance right now. You got lucky at the franchise tag. You're getting some money. Congratulations, but it's not long term. If you want that big deal, all right, if you want the Orlando Brown esque deal coming to his way eventually, then you got to play well this year, like. Cam Robinson, in my opinion, doesn't need any more motivation. If he does, well, then he doesn't belong on the NFL in the first place. I don't, that, I don't think that's really the case. So then when we look at this draft and we ask, well, what was the goals of this draft? Obviously to help out Trevor Lawrence a little bit, right? Like you drafted Travis Etienne. That's going to help out Trevor Lawrence. But then my question is, what helps out Trevor Lawrence more? Drafting – a number one tight end, unequivocally, because I and once again we'll see who they have in terms of depth down the line here, but one would think a guy like Frymouth would come in and be the starter day one. Would that help Trevor Lawrence out more? Or would Walker Little taking his time, getting back to playing tackle, probably, you know, sitting on the pine a little bit, maybe pushing Cam Robinson, maybe pushing Juwan Taylor, but not being the starter day one, would that help Trevor Lawrence more?
1: Yeah, that's a good call and it's a fair question. It's a question I think we should hold. And I think it's a question that we should revisit down the road because by october or november if we see an injury on that offensive line amongst one of those two and knock on wood i hope it doesn't happen to Mm -hmm. him or poor play could we then see an insert uh and walk a little being inserted into the lineup and then we answer that question in a different way because now you got protection Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so uh, i would sit here and tell you yes i i think i would feel better about a tight end helping out trevor lawrence but they do have some people that can catch the, the ball all right, uh, they don't have that position right now that can do that. So uh, does this say something about Jawan Taylor? Does this say something about long-term Cam Robinson? Or does this kind of help having a little bit of depth that you can rely on that pays off even this year given injuries or poor play? Uh, that's a good question to ask, not only just right now, mm-hmm. but a little bit down the road. Andre Sisco is a guy, I think fans love this pick. Like this was a pick that, can get you excited even though there's injury. Like I think we dismiss injury for the ball-hawking nature of this guy. He can yeah. really get to the, the football. And let's be honest, haven't had a ton of those guys. I think Tayshon Gibson in the back end had a little bit of that in him, although it wasn't unbelievable with the mm-hmm. Jags. It actually he was better in other spots. In fact, he got frustrated in the defense because he wasn't allowed to go get the, the ball a little bit more under Gus Bradley's scheme and Todd Wash's scheme. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that when healthy, if healthy, if he gets there, and they might have to be a little bit patient with that part. You got a guy back there that's that of that ball hawking nature. You know, there's usually a knock on corners and safeties. Well, not great ball skills. Not great ball skills. Not great ball skills. Well, yeah. this guy's got tremendous ball skills. Yeah, and that's exciting. That's yep. exciting for a defense. Exciting for turnovers because turnovers win the day in in football and especially in the NFL. I really like this pick. I think a lot of people like this pick. Might just have to show a little patience in the early go, and of course, coming off an October ACL.
0: Yeah, once again, and that's kind of where the value comes in. I feel like, um, and, it, and once again, like this is see to me. I love this pick as well. I agree with everybody else here. Um, the Jaguars needed uh, a safety, and I think they got one. They, they got a guy who can. You know, he's a great tackler. He is the ball hawk. I think like Mel Kiper said 25 times during, um, you <laughs> know, talking you about it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I love it, man. I'm all for it. Well, the but numbers um, don't lie. The numbers are crazy, right? It's like 13 the, picks in 24 games this, or something like that. This is a guy who is versatile, who can do a lot of things. And this is a guy who, once again, I feel like there's no pressure on him to come in and start day one because he's coming back from that injury. And when you have a guy like Jared Wilson back there holding it down a little bit, that's fine. Like, I'm – I'm not mad right now, with Jared Wilson pl- being the starting free safety or Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, me either. not not mad whatsoever because we've said it before. How many times did you watch a game last year and say, "Oh, Jared Wilson out of position"? Oh, that guy missed a tackle. Like you don't say that too much about Wilson, and that defense was very porous last year. So I like the fact that this guy, um, you know, is slated to be a stud when he's ready, when he's healthy. You can afford to buy a little time on that with Cisco. And I think once he's 100%, uh, you know, and obviously Joe Cohen and company can coach him up right, I think he's going to be a special player in that 3 4 defense.
1: All right, let's rip down these other guys Jay Tefille, Jordan Smith, Luke Farrell. There, There is your um, tight end, Jalen Camp as well. I, I can't go crazy over these picks, okay? I mean, it's Jordan, really hard to.
0: So Jordan Smith is funny to me because he is the prototypical Joe Cohen pick. Like I, I guarantee, Joe Cullen slammed his like his fists on the table and said, "Get me Jordan Smith," because he's a guy who you know obviously he went through a little trouble leaving Florida, goes to JUCO, goes to UAB, but plays with a relentless motor. Something that Joe Cullen loves a lot. Now he's got to add size. Obviously he's tall, he he's lanky, um, a little undersized yeah. though. Uh, you know, kind of you know a little timid at the point of contact, but you see it there. Like, you see the potential there, and most importantly, you see the finish there. And that's what Joe Collins needs. Like, as long as you can bring in the attitude, the mindset, and the finish, and you got decent size. Joe Cullen and company, obviously, because he's not a coach of defensive line, but he can work with that and make you a great player.
1: What did you did you watch a little tape on this guy, or yeah. did you see a bit yeah. of it, some yeah. highlights?
0: Yeah. Because he said he's got
1: an arsenal of moves, which mm-hmm. is unique for someone coming out of school, where you usually develop the arsenal of moves. Like that's what one of his strengths is. What he yeah. said basically, yeah. and I feel like that's an interesting comment that that I heard because we see so many other players. Man, they can they're really strong. They can bull rush. They're quick. They're mm-hmm. quick first step, but they got a learn more moves they got to learn more about the technique they got to learn more and i'm not saying this guy's got it all figured out yeah but it was interesting to hear him say that's one of his strengths because it's usually the opposite way i feel like coming out of school
0: no it is i mean it depends where you go to school right obviously he was a highly coveted guy at a high school gets into some trouble once again um has to go to the juco route and then we go the juco route sometimes your skills diminish a little bit you go to uab but you see the guy on film and for where he's at from where he's coming from, yeah, I would say he's he's an experienced pass rusher. I mean, he's, he's not polished by any means, but he shows a good get-off, shows a good burst, and you can't teach being whatever, 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, as yeah. they list, I think 6'6. Six, six. You can't teach that. They can add size on him and put weight on him so he's not a liability in the run game, but that's definitely, that just screams Joe Cohen to me. Yeah,
1: but, and I thought Irvin Meyer was really good on Jordan Smith. It's funny, you listen to Smith, he's like, I got all these moves, I'm going to tell everybody on the best pass rusher in the, mm-hmm. in the league coming out, uh, not in the league, but uh, in this draft class. And then Urban was like, well, Jordan Smith's going to be a developmental guy. It's going to take him a little bit, but we think he can get there. <laughs> it's well, like, it's the truth, though. <laughs> I mean, listen. Well, I know. Yeah. Was
0: Jordan Smith's like, yeah, man, I'm going to go in there. You watch this. Wait, which what? is great. Which is what you hey, want. What, <laughs> but what guy Urban? that just got drafted is going to go, I'm not going to lie, my pastor's moves are kind of, uh, they suck <laughs> right now, but give me some time. Hopefully we get better. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I know. I, it was just an interesting. But, but that was more about Urban, by the way, what I'm saying. Yeah, because yeah. I said it over the weekend again. I just think the the transparency on these guys are, are ter- from Urban Meyer's been terrific. I mean, yeah. he went down the list and said, "Well, we think this guy can contribute right away. We think this guy's going to do this. Yeah. We think this guy, well, it's going to take a little bit, but we like his ceiling." Mm-hmm. I mean, very straightforward. You yeah. just, I don't know, you just don't seem to get that, or maybe I've missed it over the years, but this feels different in that regard, and and I love that part of it. Uh, I just ask this to Felly Smith. Farrell and Camp, the last four picks the Jags made. Do you have a favorite in there? you got a defensive uh, lineman. You obviously have a defensive end. Yeah. You have the tight end. And you have Camp, who is all these crazy measurables yeah. uh, from the wide receiver position, though. That looks like that will be kind of a developmental guy as well.
0: I like Tefali because, I mean, once again, you know, I'm with I'm Jordan Smith guy because I'm, I'm biased playing that edge spot, playing that defensive end spot. But if we're being honest here, I like Tefali just because he dropped a little bit because he opted out this past season. But in terms of what he's capable of in a 3-4 defense, you put this guy in a lot of spots. And I feel like he's not going to have a problem too gapping. um, Pretty athletic kind of a freak, man. So I like the fact that he's versatile day one. Jags didn't mind the opt-out guys. No. Not much, at all. Much to the – because didn't turn Bucky kind of allude to, yeah, we'll see with those yeah, guys? Yeah, but I think the value was there with the opt-out guys,
1: Yeah, you know, so to speak. And and so they got some of those. All right, uh, we'll take a break. How much better the Jags get? Uh, who's on, you know, watch out time, look out time mm-hmm. now because of some of these picks? A lot to get to today on a Monday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane.
0: (laughs) You're going to have a call from PR in a little bit here.
1: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, you need more than two. I mean, you saw last year how quickly things can change. So the game with as many four and five wides as, as you're seeing, In today's game, you need guys that can cover. And uh, the whole goal was to to do a good job of of, uh, increasing our our ability on the back end of the defense. And I think we've done that. That is Trent Baalke, Jaguars GM, his first draft in Jacksonville. I thought he might be a little more active on the trades. Yeah, Uh, He did pull one off, obviously, to go get Jordan Smith. They didn't like anything after that. Mm -hmm. And I'm cool with it because, to be honest with you, you know, The fact that they ended their day in the sixth round, to me, makes sense. You have so many. I've said this before. Your roster spots, are you're like maxed out. Look how many undrafted free agents they signed. It's like a handful of them. That's it. Usually that list is like 12, 13, 15 long. Sometimes I feel like it's even been, like, I'm envisioning the email we get on that, and it's usually really long. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't this year because they already have so many roster spots filled, at least for now. Mm -hmm. Not saying they can't improve, get better, make transactions, but... How many draft picks did you really need? Like, Did you need 6th and 7th round draft picks that you might end up having to cut or at least definitely put on the practice squad? So I like to move up to go get a guy. They just did it once, though. Uh, And I was like, I was going to be, I was was starting to work on that. I was like, holy cow, this is going to be the most stunning thing of the draft if Trent Polke doesn't make a trade. I would have been stunned. I was stunned last year. It was the most stunning thing of 2020's draft with 12 picks. They picked them all in the same spot they had them. Um, So I would have been really, really uh, surprised if that, was the case uh, and it, and it didn't turn out to be obviously Brent no Austin Lane on a Monday after the 2021 NFL draft is in the books. And the big question is how much better did the Jaguars get? And I guess it all starts and kind of stops with the first overall pick. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I mean, uh, unequivocally better because they got Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Um, so they are strides better from where they were last year. You know, how much better did they get and when you when you ask that question obviously i go to well this up-and-coming season yeah right i think if we're here talking two or three years from now we're going to say wow you know th- i mean it's possible this team got really better because you have guys like Cisco when you have guys like walker little um and maybe jordan smith you know develops uh and you know with tyson campbell as well we'll see so um that question two or three years from now I think would be legitimate. If you ask me right now, how much better did did this team get? I mean, you still have to say they got a lot better because they added nine draft picks, right? And this is nine new faces, nine fresh, you know, guys with fresh blood that are coming to a team that won one game last year. So, of course, they got better. Now, from the personnel standpoint, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, your starting quarterback, um, Travis Etienne will get reps at running back. I don't I'm not going to pencil him as a starter quite yet, right, because you still have James Robinson. But you don't draft the guy at number 25 and don't get him his touches, so I'm not worried about that. Um, I think Tyson Campbell will have some role on this defense right away. And then from there, we'll see. You know, there's there's some question marks, right? Uh, And that's all we can say at this point. So... Yeah, on offense, I think they got a lot better. Obviously, on defense with Tyson Campbell, we'll see. Once again, is he going to be playing the slot corner? How is that transition going to go for him? Time will tell. I think they got better on offense, defense. Time will tell. Obviously, they address that in free agency yeah, as well. True. But from on the draft. paper,
1: they're much better on defense. Hard to be worse, folks. I mean, it yeah. really is. Okay, so uh, you feel good that their defense is going to be better just because of where the barometer was, mm. and, and that's that's it. You know, not, uh, this isn't going to be like, oh, yeah, I think they'll be, uh, you know, giving up fifteen points a game, and that's it. I, I have no idea, mm. uh, but I do think the how much emphasis they put on their defense in free agency with the defensive front, especially with, with what we know they have with Josh Allen, Miles Jack, and uh, even if you want to throw in a guy like Joe Schobert or something like that, uh, and then the free agent moves they made with Griffin and Jenkins. I mean, they they, they have to be better. <laughs> Please tell us they're better yeah. with those kind of additions. I would say the answer to that is yes. I don't know what Cisco and – Uh, Campbell and those guys are going to be able to do in year one. I don't. I don't know. Uh, But I do think free agency alone, the Jags defense got better. I really like the dynamic nature of their offense. You know, I've been a fan of their offense anyway, even coming into it. Mm -hmm. I think they already had some pretty good pieces for a rookie quarterback to come in, especially a number one overall quarterback to come in, especially a quarterback with this kind of skill set and talent. And so... From offensive line to DJ Chark to LaVisca Chennault to James Robinson, I thought they were in pretty good shape. Well, then you go add a guy like ETN. I do think it changes the dynamic of your offense a little bit. Disappointed they don't have more in the tight end room. I mean, I think they are too. I mean, bottom line is they have to figure that out or they're going to be void of it for another year and then have to figure it out in 2022. I just don't know where that lands that gets us excited. I think we're beyond that point. I don't think they're going to do anything. I mean, Ertz could be a possibility, maybe a trade for Hayden Hurst. I don't know. But any anything you do now, I still think it's like, is it going to get you excited about the tight end position? Probably not. You hope a guy like Tyler Davis comes along a little bit. Still, It's so peculiar to me that Josh Oliver was straight of the way because if you look at their room right now, I I just would feel better if I had at least something to hold on to that Josh Oliver is a good player that just got injured. I I would feel better about that Mm -hmm. if I was a Jags fan and looking at that tight end room. But Trevor Lawrence is the kind of quarterback that we haven't seen around here. Makes you better. Makes the other players better. If he can make DJ Chark better, if he can make James Robinson and ETN better, if he can make LaVisca Chenault better and Marvin Jones better, and some of those guys, by the way, are already pretty good, mm-hmm. well, that makes me feel good about their offense. And so uh, I know Urban Meyer's an offensive guy. He's got a bunch of experience with, with Bevel and Schottenheimer guys that he brought in. I feel good about their offense being significantly uh, better than it's been and maybe more consistent. I guess what it's the, the bottom line in this question is how much better did the Jags get? One or two wins better? Three or four wins better? Five plus wins better? How do you feel about their team in terms of one in 15 is going to turn into what? And after free agency, we said six wins, maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, anywhere between five and seven is probably the number where it falls. Eight might be the ceiling of this football team. I'll be completely honest. I knew Trevor Lawrence was coming in free agency. I don't know if this draft changes that for me. I think their floor is about five. I think their ceiling is about eight. It's probably right around six or seven through some
0: growing pains in year one for Trevor and Urban. You know, as I reflect back, you know, about my thoughts about this draft and my thoughts about free agency, you know, we get so caught up in draft grades and what the goals were and, and I'll be honest, I'm 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 at the head of that class as well. I mean I, I do that all the time. Like, well they didn't really draft right now, where are the starters at? And everything like that. But to me, what we always feel to neglect is that the free agent market and the free agency, it's almost a companion to the NFL draft. Now yes, you build a team for the future and you build a team um you know, you build a base through the NFL draft. No ands, ifs, buts about it. And then every once in a while, you bring in a free agent where it's like, okay, now we can come and make some impact. Well, this team went 1-15 last year. So you're naive to think that you're going to fix this all through one draft. But then if we look at what they did in free agency, what did you do? You brought in Marvin Jones. That's a starter. Brought in Malcolm Brown, starting nose tackle. Brought in Roy Robertson Harris, starting defensive end in a 3-4 defense. Uh You, you brought in Jihad Ward, probably the other defensive end starting. We'll see. But obviously going to compete for depth if, if nonetheless. You brought in a guy. Uh, I mentioned Harris from Chicago. That's going to be a defensive end starting, pretty much hands down. So you bring in these guys. And they're starters. They're day one starters. Oh, by the way, maybe the most important piece Chad Griffin out of Seattle. Once again, you're starting cornerback, probably taking on the one receiver. So you essentially brought in six or seven guys that are going to be starters on this team. So then when we look at the draft and you want use that, to use that as a companion to free agency, you see, okay, maybe you got another starter here. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you got another starter here uh, you know, in the secondary with Campbell. We'll see. But that's the whole point. Is that you can't just have this as one? Okay, the draft and then free agency. This all goes together. And as a team that went one and fifteen, you need immediate impact. And that's where free agency came in. And then with this draft, it shows me, okay, did you get immediate impact some places? Sure. Did you address the tight end? No. You know, it's not perfect by any means. And obviously, I'm a little uh, bewildered by that. But everything else, like, okay, I get Walker Little. Mm. I understand it, right? Because you, you, what would you do? You re-signed Cam Robinson, franchise tag. So that's another one. So maybe eight guys you have as starters coming back now due to free agency or franchise tagging somebody. That's how it's supposed to work, all right? So I, I get it. Let's we'll, we'll grade the draft and we'll say they sure did this, they sure did that. That's fine. But put the draft with free agency and then come back and talk to me
1: after the year. Yeah. Urban Meyer, by the way, did it in the press conference yesterday, but did this on Thursday night with us live on our our draft special on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Asked him a question. It was like the final question. And he said, wait, I want to say something. He basically said, I want to I want to tell you that the guys that we have here, there's a core. I mean, we're that are good. Like we have some good players And. They've been doing everything that I've asked of them so far, and, and they're bought in. He's basically selling the fact that, hey, we've got some good players here. Mm-hmm. Okay, This isn't void of any talent, and they're already bought in. So just to let you know. And so I think he feels strong about some of those guys as well, and and some of those guys are obvious. I mean, I mean, you got the lenders, the interior of that line. You have Josh Allen and Miles Jack. I mean, there's that's not just pie in the sky, hang your hat on those guys. Those guys have proven it in the NFL, and you, every team would feel good about some of those guys, so that's legit uh, for sure. What I say when I look at, at the, how much better did you get is the Jags were overmatched last year. Quite frankly, they were 1-15. Mm-hmm. Sure, there were about a handful of games where they lost by like four points or less. It's the NFL, uh, and they didn't pull those games out. But if you look at this roster now, who are they overmatched by on their schedule? Tennessee mm-hmm. and Indy are clearly the better teams in the AFC South. I don't know if I'm, they're overmatched, and what I would say by that is they got better against Derrick Henry sure. <laughs> with this defense, yes. But they're not overmatched. Indy, they've always had success against. In fact, they beat them. It was their only win mm-hmm. in the one in fifteen campaign. They're not better than them. That's no. not the question. I'm talking about you. Don't feel like they even have a chance. Like there are teams like like last year going to Green Bay. Didn't think the Jags had a chance. Now, they Correct. actually played pretty well, but yeah. I didn't think they had a chance to beat them. Houston, I feel just the opposite. Houston might be the doormat of the league coming up next year. Mm-hmm. Buffalo. Now, Buffalo's a team with so much firepower. If they're clicking on all cylinders and playing well, I don't feel like the Jags are there yet. Is that fair? Without a doubt. I, of even, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna pick Buffalo ten out of ten times. Houston and, and uh I'm sorry, the Tennessee and Indy, I feel a little different about like you, you can go steal a game from those guys, they're in your division. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way about Buffalo right now, not the way they're playing. Uh I think they're they're way ahead of the Jags. So that would be one on on their home schedule that I would say they're a little overmatched right now. Sure, that's fair to say. Uh Miami. I don't feel that way. You are good. They're, they're better everybody's better than the Jags. They started 1-15. Yeah. But I don't feel like they're. Oh, the Jags were, heck, two, we don't even know. I, Jags yeah. are better at quarterback, I feel like, right now yeah, than the Miami Dolphins. Sure. So that gives you a chance. Sure. Uh, Arizona. Arizona's interesting. Yeah. Arizona's going to be a tough one. Just uh, on paper, it looks like they've got a lot of good stuff. I like the draft. <laughs>
0: they did. They got like a lot of draft. good stuff.
1: Right. Yep. I might pick Kylo Murray in the fantasy league next year. That's how you, much I like the draft.
0: Well, hey, you picked Lamar Jackson last <laughs> year, so might as, well, hey, might as well go ahead and have the, the guy that I had the, the, the year before. I go would ahead. say, while
1: well, well, I still think they could finish last in their division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've said that. Mm-hmm. I think
0: the I, Cardinals are scary. I think, I, think we, we have, have a d- team that's building. I think our first uh, wager of the year was you have them... Finishing last. Well, no, it was eight games. Oh, eight games. Okay. Eight games. Yeah, I feel good about Under that. Under eight still games. still feel good about that. Do you really? Uh, Atlanta. Okay. Are the Jags
1: overmatched against Atlanta? I can't imagine. Not yet. They're, Atlanta's done a lot to improve, too. Yeah. yeah San I don't Francisco, see maybe, if healthy. What's the quarterback situation? I think you are going to have to plan on Jimmy G for now. I think okay. that's the plan. Okay. Denver, not overmatched. No. The Jets, not overmatched. Come on. The Chargers, not
0: overmatched.
1: No. Good, the Chargers can be good. Again, I'm not telling you that they're better than them. I'm talking about I don't think they have a chance against them. Mm-hmm. Seattle is one of those teams. Like, Russell Wilson's so far ahead. Like, I feel like that's a tough one. And you're going to Seattle. Like, I don't feel yeah, good about that game at all.
0: No, for sure. But their defense, like, has taken some major steps back. Major steps back, and
1: then the Patriots and the Bengals, and the Patriots are interesting because they're the Patriots. But really, if you look at their roster, you're not afraid of it. Yeah, uh, although they could, and that will be in New England, so that will be a tough. It's tough to win in New England. Probably,
0: probably. Do you think that would be early? They have announced the schedule, obviously. Nah, probably later on we'll with see. Mac Jones at the helm. But anyway, the there's team. there's two to four games where you're like, Brent, I would
1: never pick the Jags to beat them, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I'm getting at mm-hmm. uh, for a one in fifteen team. So. If you can take those other twelve games, or really thirteen now, yeah, you know you take those other thirteen games, and you you give yourself a chance to win those games, or you split them, or whatever it might be, uh, you, that's probably where the Jags should be. That's the whole point of the conversation. Somewhere, but six, seven wins, ceiling of eight wins, probably makes some sense. More Jags talk when we come back on ESPN six ninety.
0: Tyson, I know Tyson. Sophomore year in high school, state champ in Florida. He was Sertane's teammate. A wonderful family. Uh, Played safety. Very good tackler. When you watch him blitz, so he's a versatile uh, defensive back. So when you look at uh, our corners. And Tyson, you got these long six foot plus guys that run 4'4. He's physical. He, he, you know, the flexibility that uh, he he will provide. He didn't play a lot of inside for Georgia, but he, he was a safety in high school. And like I said, I've known him a long time. And I actually heard that on television, and we agreed at the assessment on television with that, he's so confident in in the speed. He's never out of control.
1: That is Urban Meyer on Tyson Cable. Listen, they love this guy. One thing about Urban, let are going to talk about this in a moment. Uh... He went with what he knew, right? I mean, these guys, five-star guys that he'd recruited to Ohio State or had experience with them and knew them. Mm -hmm. Some people really like that part of a college coach coming in. Pete Carroll, it really worked for him. And so I think there's a happy medium. I I like the idea of it. I really know this guy, what he's all about. I think he can fit. Mm -hmm. But can you get carried away with that is a little bit of a concern of mine. Like, do I have to know this guy to be able to pick this guy? And I feel like that was a little bit of a parachute for Urban in this first draft because he said that. He's like, I wish I could spend more time around him. That, that, whether it's free agents or or these guys, Zoom calls just aren't enough. I want to be around him, and I haven't had the chance to be around these guys as much as I want to. So I think this was a little bit of a parachute, uh, but also a, a beneficial parachute perhaps for, for Urban
0: Meyer. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but if you're going through your first NFL draft, and obviously the entire landscape is different because you couldn't go to the combine. The interview process was different. You're going to rely on the guys that you have good vibes about, that, that you have a good feeling yeah, about. Yeah. More than likely, especially and, in, and in the first business, couple of right? rounds. Yeah. In, in, in any business, exactly. So this is a guy in Tyson Campbell that Urban Meyer knows very well. And, and that that's why tries. you're here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> We're no, Coos. No, Coos. We I have no him. idea why he's no, here. No idea. <laughs> but you, we're just kind of throwing with you, and hey, we that's made it work. because no one else wanted me, so they phoned me off. That's a <falling> good point. <laughs> <laughs> Coos,
1: that's... you still married?
0: I am still married. Congratulations. Congratulations. It is, man. Congrats. anything
1: you for your uh, one and a half week anniversary or whatever it is? You should. Put it I on Facebook at least. I
0: am making, like, corn on the cup tonight for dinner. <laughs> big. That's good. Big moves. Big wedding moves. Husband like that. Yeah. things. Husband <laughs> things. Um, On the grill? How are we doing this? Uh. Uh, Probably not. I'll probably just boil it. I don't don't Put it in the fryer. Boiled corn. Does everything go in the air fryer? fryer? Well, no, I got to use the air fryer for the chicken. Yeah, Yeah, what? I'm going to put the chicken in the air fryer. Grilled or fried. Uh, oh, I guess you're gonna fry it, huh? The fry, yeah. yeah. fry. Do you think Trevor puts yeah. everything in the toaster since it was three hundred dollars? I hope so. I hope so. I'd be putting a t-bone in there for three hundred bucks. <laughs> I right? saw. A, to tell you right now. I saw a video the other day where someone put the uh, toaster on its side and made grilled cheese that way, and I was like, I don't think a three hundred dollar toaster should do that. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it was like what a f- whole like life hack thing. What a flex! What a flex! <laughs> Man, I can't wait to get to that point. I interrupted the Urban conversation, oh, no, good. I mean, I think we established he was getting married, Urban, trusting the guys that he drafted. Same thing. Yeah. And We're I, on the same line. I have no problem with that, by the way. Uh, when Urban made this
1: draft, though, right? I mean, you said you said something interesting earlier. That felt like a bulky pick with the uh, Walker Little. Yeah. And the value. Yeah. And I listen, I understand that they both had a big say in this and the scouting staff and but it did feel like Urban's draft. We kind of wondered, would it feel like Urban's draft or Trent Bulky's draft? Well, I
0: I think it felt more like Urban's draft. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, total yes, absolutely. Now I can sit here and pick like that oh, felt like more of an Urban pick. That felt like a Bulky pick. But no, I mean, if, if you take Travis Etienne in the first round, that's an Urban Meyer draft. Enough said. Yeah, I think that that's a good call. I mean, even but even go to
1: Luke Farrell. Yeah, I mean it's a guy that's from his like
0: hometown. Correct. Yeah, you know, Ohio State who's a, who's kid. Who's not twenty nine years old, by the way. No, he's not. No, <laughs> that <laughs> whole thing. Um, <laughs> did I almost tweet something out? before I did some research? Yes, I did. But thankfully, I did some research was about that it. that
1: all? I was missing something. Was that all piggybacked off Stewart? Did Weber put that out initially? Or did everybody kind of put well, that out? Well,
0: if you Google him, he's there's also a baseball player by yes. the same name. Yeah, that's so, 29. I mean, m- maybe we're, wait, did I make a mistake? We no, I didn't, well, uh, I, I didn't know if it was careful. Stewart or not. I just saw okay. him in the conference. I, I missed the
1: origin of it all. That's gotcha. what I'm getting at. Like, See, I, I didn't know
0: where it all started. The origin to me was Google. When I Googled this guy and okay. I saw his age, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do I make a comeback? There's more I'm than like one. 33. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's
1: some interesting comps right here, okay? By the way, I think this was more of an urban draft, to answer the yeah. question. Urban or, or bulky. And again, I think bulky was significantly involved. I'm not saying he was just there for the ride. I, I don't want to disrespect him like that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this did. You you hit it. You have ETN, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. have guys that were five-star guys that you recruited to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That at urban. I mean, and listen, correct. urban's building the, the culture. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's what he's trying to find his guys, like the guys that he thinks can help turn this around, not only just talent level, but also what kind of makeup they have. And I think uh, he he did that. Uh, Matt Jones, not the former Jags receiver, uh, says player comps. Now, if this could all come true, Matt, then uh, we're in for a heck of a ride. Uh, Trevor Payton, <laughs> Travis Marshall Falk, Tyson Steph Gilmore, <laughs> Marco Little Baselli, Cisco and Reed, Cisco and Reed, sorry. Uh... <laughs> To Tofeli Aluwalu. Okay. Is that just like name recognition? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, probably. I, of all the people, <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. that's fine. Okay.
0: Okay. Was a little, okay. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of three techniques <laughs> out there you could have But I was going to say. Said, but okay. right, see, Palomalo, even okay. though he doesn't play D-line. <laughs> all right. Jordan Smith,
1: Chandler Jones. Okay. Farrell, Witten, Camp, DK, <laughs> <laughs> well, who's this from? Matt Jones. I hope you're right, man. Who, who's this from? Just, just, a, just a guy? Yeah, Matt Jones on Twitter. Oh, or okay. on YouTube. Well, or... oh, I thought it was like Matt right. jo-
0: I thought you meant like the- no, Matt it's Jones, not the, the NFL you. expert. I'm no, like, no, oh, no.
1: okay, these are nice. Um, that would be one heck of a... <laughs>
0: if, that, I mean, if that would happen. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, Chandler Jones, that would be nice to have. I'd settle for a Jason Pierre-Paul or somebody. What's interesting is the closest one of
1: those comps... Uh, you could make the comp of Trevor, maybe, and Peyton someday, but yeah. I mean, it's such a long reach. But the Marshall Falk one's interesting. A lot of people have said Alvin Kamara. If you said Alvin Kamara, you might try to you might try to compare him to Marshall Falk, right? Yeah, yeah. So no. that's an interesting one with ETN.
0: It, it is. You know, ETN, I get the Alvin Kamara comparison, but the only difference to me is that ETN can also lower his shoulder. And, like, you know, I mean, he, he's a slasher, but he's also a physical guy, too, who can run you over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to, to see back. ETN play. More Jags talk, more NFL draft talk. Who won, who lost?
1: It's next on ESPN 690. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply.